deadline on Oak Street, aisle three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding war at the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Happy Monday. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Today we're going to be diving into the first part of the Ikigai. Um, I've decided it's first part like because I just wanted to start here. So <laughs> part one is about what are we good at? Where are our strengths? How do we find them? Just before we get onto that, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today. The land that was and always will be Aboriginal land. So I'm going to do what I do with these episodes, which is we're going to be discussing a bunch of questions that you can ask yourself and I want you to have a think about it as I'm talking, but I'm going to talk about my experience with it and um, because this is something that I really struggle with. Figuring out what you're good at can actually be really tricky. One, we can tend to focus on the negatives and we can be quite hard on ourselves We might have a bit of that imposter syndrome where we're kind of like, oh, I'm not really good at anything. I guess I'm okay at some things and, you know, I can get by. Or we also might be kind of thinking we're good at things that maybe we're not so great at. So I've experienced both of these things, things where I'm like, oh, no, I'm not that great at that. That's obvious. Everyone can do that, can't they? But also stuff where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at this. And then I'm like, actually, there's people who are much better at this. So true confession, I do sometimes think highly of myself and that's okay. I think it's okay. I think we just want to make sure that we're really figuring out where, where we can make the most of those, those strengths. So the first question we can ask ourselves is, so these questions are kind of related to things that we can remember, our history Things that throughout our lifetime we've been taught about, told um, and led to believe. And when we think about these questions, it's important that we remember that sometimes we've been told things that aren't true. Actually, oftentimes we've been told things that aren't necessarily true. So in one sense, we want to take it with a grain of salt. But in the other sense, we want to reflect on these things, these things in our history and think about whether for us right now, that remains true for us. So for instance, one question we can ask ourselves is like, where have I naturally excelled? So I want to talk a little bit about two things for me that I was told growing up um, that led me to kind of think that my strengths were the other way around. So when I was young, um, my mum had, so I was homeschooled and my mum who was really strong in science and maths herself had taught me a lot of science and maths um, when I was homeschooled. So by like the time I was nine and 10, I was doing, 
high school maths. And I'd just been kind of allowed to, you know, continue doing maths and, you know, I guess I was like pretty good at maths, but I thought I was great at maths. And the reason I thought I was great at maths was because that was something that I got recognition for and rewarded by both my parents and you know that's great I really appreciate it like thanks guys um but at the same time uh when I look back on that I'm like actually maths was something that I met heaps of other people in high school who were a lot better than me picked up things a lot quicker could get through homework a lot faster than I could so it wasn't like a natural strength of mine but it was something that I could definitely that was like in my toolkit right like I use maths all the time. I do quite a lot of analysis. I love statistics. Statistics is something I actually am pretty good at getting my head around. But it's not like my natural strength. I kind of excelled at it, but not naturally excelled. I excelled at it in the sense of I just had the opportunity to do more maths because that's what my parents had kind of encouraged On the other hand, another area that I now believe I'm actually, I find a lot easier than a lot of people, but wasn't encouraged as much when I was a child was English. So I was an autodidact. I started reading when I was four and I loved reading and I couldn't believe like reading books was something that counted as schoolwork so as a homeschooler that that counted as schoolwork for me and um I wasn't really encouraged to read like I was told I was a good reader and stuff but it kind of wasn't like oh Lauren can read these things so therefore we should also I guess it was like I kind of just did it myself so I started writing stories when I was like five I wrote all these short stories I think the main character was called Mary but I can't remember that much other than that And when I got to high school, um, so we had in year seven, I went to two different high schools. The first high school I went to, um, maths and science, I was in the top class and English, I wasn't initially. And then I did an IQ test and then they put me in like English extension, which they just offered at this particular school. So, and I got into maths extension as well. So kind of all of those things were supposedly things that I excelled at. Um, But then when I went to the next school, It actually took me a few years to get into the top English class. I was always in the top maths class, but it took me a while to get into the top English class. And uh, I think that was just because I hadn't really been given that much structure for English. So I wasn't really taught that much. English wasn't as something as much that my mum had focused on. She had struggled to um, read when she was younger like and she had also like she's a great reader my mom's brilliant I'm not saying anything bad about her but for her that was something that she didn't you know wasn't as naturally uh good at and also um her parents were immigrants from Italy so my grandparents were from Italy and so she was put into all the English as a second language classes even though English was her first language so she kind of learned a lot of like the grammar stuff but she hadn't really got to learn a lot of the creative writing stuff and things like that anyway but when I got to university and when I got into my later years of high school English was something that I didn't have to work very hard at to do well in it was one I ended up being one of my best subjects and then 
I really got into writing. I ended up writing some short stories. I got into poetry and performing poetry. Um, and it was just something that like, I just naturally, yeah, I, it was like, I didn't excel at it necessarily as a kid, but I kind of did. And when I had done an IQ test, it was like English and my vocabulary and stuff was a lot higher. I guess it's kind of the reason that I like doing stuff like this, like podcasting. Um, I enjoy crafting stories. I enjoy writing, but also I kind of understand where I'm better and where I'm worse with English and literacy and things like that. So I know that there are people who are much better better copywriters than me, but I also know that when it comes to structuring language, I'm quite good at that. I also know that like when it comes to piecing together things, I can work out how things flow and I can do it really quickly. Um, So I'm quite good at editing content as well. Like I can kind of go back and go, right, like here's all the things that I can cut out. Again, I say that I'm good at it. It's such an uncomfortable thing to say publicly. But considering how little that's been, um, how how little, like I didn't study English at university. I didn't study marketing. I didn't study writing. I didn't study any of these things. But I feel like I can keep up pretty well with people who've actually gone and um, gotten a tertiary education in that kind of area. So. That's something that I feel like language, English, storytelling, it's something I can just pick up quite quickly. And that's really useful when I'm, you know, looking at things like marketing. So have a think about that. Have a think about like, because, you know, everyone's story is different, but maybe there's things that you're like, well, did I naturally excel at that? Like, am I like, when we can find something that we're really good at, it makes a massive difference. Actually, in um, Atomic Habits, James Clear, the author, talks about that importance of finding what you're really good at. Uh, I think it's towards the end of the book and how this can be a massive benefit to us in our career and if we're running a business as well because there are things that you might be pretty good at and then there might be things that you're like I am really good at so for me for English I put that in the I'm pretty good at it maths and science science yes because I did a tertiary you know degree in that as well like I've got my head very across science and maths you know has kind of been something that you know I it's been useful to me but I was never going to be like excelling in maths at university you know I struggle to do three unit maths (laughs) Uh, three unit maths for people or extension maths I think it's called in New South Wales Um, it's like the in your final year you do sort of like a more advanced maths Um, yeah that's probably the easiest way to explain it so I'm talking about subjects here right I'm not necessarily fully digging into strengths but I think this is a good place for us to start have a think about okay where did I, what classes did I look forward to the most and where have I been commended, you know? So when did you win awards? Like maybe you were really great at sport. Maybe that was something that you were always like first in track, you know, first in um, maybe, you know, in swimming or so have a think, think about 
that where were the things that like it was kind of you just achieved things and everyone else really struggled to achieve the things that you achieved another really good question to ask yourself is like where have you helped your friends or where have you helped other people in your community so for me sometimes I'll give someone a hand with something they'll be like oh can you help me with this I'm going through this at work or can I just chat with you through this or can we talk about xyz and I'll sometimes get feedback from people as well. Oh, thanks so much for explaining that to me. That makes so much more sense. No one else has explained that to me like that before. So when we help people with things that, you know, especially if they're people who go, they're actually really great at, you know, a lot, a lot of things, but I seem to be able to help them with this. Um, there's some really simple things you can do if people haven't told you. You can just reach out to people. You can say like, to you know 10 of your closest friends family members just reach out and go what would you say my number one strength is what would you say I'm really good at when you think of me and you go oh yeah like Lauren's really great at this really really great to get that outside perspective but at the same time again remember that like you need to check that with yourself is that does that sound right to me is this person saying this? Why is this person saying this? What's been their experience with me? You know, that kind of thing. So there's some things that you can think about with like things that you've already done, actions you've already taken, jobs you've had before. You know, think about when I, what were the jobs where I just really excelled? What was I, what was I working on? What project was I working on? What was my role within the company? What was my team like? What did I kind of do in the team? That kind of thing. Actually on that for me, one other thing I know is that when I look back at like group assignments that I did at university and also a lot of um, group activities and teamwork in business, one thing that I know that I actually even in school, and this is quite funny because in school I was pretty, believe it or not, quiet. (laughs) Like I was talkative with people that I knew well. Uh, but I was pretty like I, I wasn't like a super extroverted teenager I think I was a bit too self-conscious for that but one thing that always has happened for me is whenever there's a task assigned or a project assigned and I'm in a group of people people just look at me like okay what are we doing Lauren and I don't know what I do there's probably some like subconscious things I do like I might grab a notepad and a pen and I might have been making some notes uh, and I might be sitting a certain way but I know that people often look at me like okay what are we doing <laughs> and that happens now in my work too people are like Lauren what are we doing what what are the steps what do we need what actions do we need to take what's the what's the strategy here right um, so it's interesting because yes yeah, strategy is definitely something that I've identified as a massive strength and I think what I do quite differently and this is the feedback I've gotten as well is that the way I assess a situation is uh is pretty thorough so I've got this kind of diagnostic ability to go what's going on like really quickly read the situation what's going on and what do we need to do and I can do that for something that's happening in the moment in like an emergency kind of situation and I can do that for something that's more long-term and kind of go, right, okay, let's start to turn all of this chaos into order and I really, really enjoy doing it 
as well. Um, So we're going to be talking about what you love to do in a separate episode, but I think they kind of relate because if you love to do something and you're good at it, then you're going to keep practicing it as well. Uh, The other thing that I used to get told a lot uh, when I was young was that I was very argumentative and I was good at arguing. Um, I kind of regret that I never got to be on the debate team because (laughs) I was always at orchestra practice instead, which ran at the same time. And music wasn't something that I was amazingly great at or naturally excelled at. It was just something that, you know, like I started violin when I was five and I started playing piano when I was five. So by the time you're 15, you've got 10 years of practice under your belt. So people are like, oh, wow, you're really good at this. But I'm like, no, there's people who would have practiced less, had less time and be a lot better than I was. It's just that, you know, not a lot of people uh, do that. So it's rare, I guess, to be playing violin in Australia. It's not hugely popular. I mean, it's popular. It's not hugely popular. So suddenly you seem like, oh, okay, you're really good at it. And it's like, I wasn't, I wasn't that great at it. Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. Uh, arguing though, and when we did occasionally do debating in English, like I just really thrived at that. And I, I picked it up really quickly and I got it really quickly. And I was like, I know exactly how to like win this argument. Um, so... Yeah, it's interesting to think back on. So, yeah, I hope me chattering about this is helpful. (laughs) Let's move on to some things that you can ask yourself about yourself now. So um, a really good one is like when do you get lost in that state of flow? You know, like so a state of flow is kind of like where it's almost like time starts moving differently. You're so absorbed in the task at hand and you're – probably like it's almost like nothing can distract you so there's things happening you're just so engaged at the t- in the task and it feels really kind of effortless um so it's pretty like I think everyone knows what I'm talking about but it's quite hard to like pin it down and define it exactly um essentially how it happens is that we get challenged but we get challenged at like an optimum level but also there's things that we're going to be like so technically you could be in a state of flow about something that you're not great at or something that's really simple like doing the dishes you can be in a state of flow doing the dishes but I guess what I would say is probably like adding the condition of intellectual flow like just feeling like yep I know what I'm doing I can create all of this stuff and oh what it's been five hours how did that happen Uh, have a think about that maybe write down some times that you felt that you were in that state in the last few weeks or the last month Uh, where do you currently excel in your work like what are you doing at the moment and when when are you seeing that people like oh fuck that's really impressive that you did that that's actually really you know I would have I would have taken a lot longer to do that 
And again, be aware of the fact that like people could be saying things because they're trying to reward you so that you do the job that they don't want to do. Um, I'm not talking about kind of like doing things that you have to do. I'm talking about doing the things that you're like, I am just the number one go-to person for this. Now, it might not be what you love to do. And again, we're going to talk about that because what I want you to take away from today is if you've got a list of things that you're good at, you can start to separate that into what am I good at that I actually like and what am I good at that even though I'm good at it, I'm not going to do anything with it for my business or for my career. Uh, another one is sort of related, but like what do you find easy that other people find really difficult? So we kind of talked about, about that a little bit then in terms of excelling, but you know, is there conversations that you jump into that other people really struggle with? Are there moments in meetings that you go, oh yeah, we just need to do this, this and this. And everyone's like, oh, how did you, how did you figure that out? Uh, that's, that's something for me definitely is I can see things connecting quite easily. Um, so I'm like, well, we just need to take a step back and think about it this way. So taking a step back from the minutiae and kind of thinking about the bigger picture and what are we actually trying to achieve? One thing that I struggle with, though, is not getting stuck into implementation because I get really drawn to implementation and I have been a project manager and to try to stay in the strategy, I can find quite hard. But at the same time, I'm like, strategy is actually where I'm, what, what I'm, what I'm better at. Um, and then finally, we also want to think about, well, what do we want to get better at, right? Because it's all well and good to be like, great, I've got this list of like 10 things I'm awesome at, but I don't want to spend any more of my time doing any of these things. So that's kind of not quite the lens of what do I love to do. It's more like, so I, you know, for instance, I was talking before about maths and English and things like that. Like I would really like to get better at writing, I actually really think that writing is such an important skill for me and also it's something that does bring me a lot of joy but also I kind of know I'm not really reaching my full potential there so it's like oh I'm not really like I'm someone who used to practice violin every day right so I'm like do I practice writing every day no am I really giving myself a shot to be good at this because sure I can get by writing but there's people who, even if they're not as naturally, say, talented as at me as me in this particular thing, they're working way harder than I am. So eventually they're going to catch up and they're going to be better than me. And writing is something that's actually quite competitive, especially if you want to be like a published author or that kind of thing. And I'm like, same with speaking. Like I don't put really that much effort into my keynote speaking. I put effort into podcasting. And I've been practicing it for a long time. But I also need to remember that it's like it's not just about practice. It's also about going and learning new things, going and seeing what other people are doing. And I think, one, we need to make sure that that's something we're engaged with. And two, it's going to serve a purpose for us as well. So what do you want to get better at? And are there things that you're like, oh, you know what? I'm actually really good at this, but I really haven't given my – like I have not practiced if you're doing stuff where you're like, I'm, that's actually a really, really good hint. Like if you're doing better than most people at something 
and you're not even practicing that much and you can kind of like swan in and just be like I'm kind of better than 80% of the people in the room at this then that's a big hint but what that also is a clue to is like this is where I need to double down this is where I need to focus my attention on because um, we can often get lost in sort of it's almost like we because because we are wired for negativity and being aware of the negative we can end up going I'm actually, well, I'm, I, you know, writing, it's fine. I can get by on writing. I don't even have to put that much effort in its weight. But, you know, where I really struggle is graphic design. So I've got to get better at graphic design. And it's like, well, no, you're much better off getting better at the writing because you can get someone else who's really good at graphic design to do that. And then if you get better at writing, then you don't have to pay someone else to write stuff. So... It's just as, as an example of like different, different, I guess, creative strengths, right? Um, we can also like one trap that I get into sometimes is I romanticize what I'm good at, which I was kind of saying before, like I really want to be good at this. So I'm going to romanticize and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm good at this. Um, and I think we need to be real with ourselves about that as well. So yeah, there might be things that for a hobby we love to do and we're just not that great. Like, for instance, for me, like, I really struggle with knitting. <laughs> like, I learned to knit when I was little and I just constantly used to drop, um, you know, like you make those little holes, drop drop a stitch, that's what it's called. I just always did. I never understood. And then, like, the I'm, I'm quite bad with spatial awareness. So when... It's like, you know, do this, like this step and then you do this step. And I, my brain just gets so confused with that stuff. The other thing I'm like really bad at, drives my husband nuts. I'm really bad at uh, directions, like terrible. Like if I'm in a new place and I walk like two streets away from where I'm staying, I will be lost. Like I rely so heavily on Google Maps and I could beat myself up about that and be like, I need to get better at, I can put all this energy into getting a little bit better at knowing where I am. And my husband's kind of like, you should, you know, learn to navigate this. So like, for instance, in Townsville, there's this, um, if people are familiar with Townsville, you know it, it's called Castle Hill. And then you've got Mount Stewart and they're kind of like two key areas within Townsville that help you to navigate um, where you are. And he keeps trying to explain it to me and I'm just like, look, honey, I'm just going to turn Google Maps on because I really don't want to spend my energy on this stuff when I could be spending my energy elsewhere. And I don't want to stress about it. I've got other things I want to stress about that's more important to me. So I just don't even bother. I just don't even bother with things that I'm like, why, why put all of my energy into something that I can outsource to my phone? Like, why would I do that? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, if I was interested in it, maybe I'd do it as a hobby. And that's what I was going to say about knitting. Like, yeah, if I wanted to knit just for a hobby, I probably wouldn't make something for someone because poor thing, they would end up with like all these holes in whatever I knitted them. But if I just did it as like, oh, this is just a way for me to calm down. Great. If I was like, I'm going to open a shop <laughs> where I'm creating all these knitting products, that would just not make any sense. Um, so I think, I think, I think I've explained that point. I've labored on that point long enough. Um, so what do you want to get better at? How are you going to create more moments of flow for yourself? So 
if you know when those moments of flow are, then you can start to think about like, oh, well, where else am I going to do that? Um, so have a think about that. Have a think about where am I going to be able to enjoy doing more of the stuff that I'm good at? Where, when is that going to happen? Can I create time for that? So, you know, I mentioned practicing before. Okay, if you identify, I am actually really good at, let's say you're really good at social media posting. You Maybe you kill it on Instagram because you're great at putting images together. You're great at copywriting. You're great at like engaging with people in the community and you love being on there. I'm actually really good at social media stuff, but Instagram has been, you know, my number one kind of channel. Then maybe it's like, and you're in this state of flow when you're on Instagram, maybe it's like, where else can I use this? Can I jump on LinkedIn? Should I learn a bit about LinkedIn so I can do the same thing I've done on this platform somewhere else? And maybe it's actually that it's better for you to do it than outsourcing it. Like what I see happen a lot of the time is people outsource that kind of stuff straight away. But social media is often like the front door to your business. It's the first opportunity that people get to know about you. And if you're just outsourcing that and it's kind of like mediocre, um, then that's not necessarily great. So if you're working to what you're like, I'm great at this, but I'm working towards getting someone else to do it. Maybe that's not the right strategy for you. Maybe that's where you need to be focusing your attention and maybe there's other opportunities for you to do that and be in that state of flow. And then at the same time, you can hire someone to do something that you dread that you struggle with like accounting like I got rid of accounting straight away I was like no I don't understand all these rules I don't understand how this works I'm making all these mistakes I just I I want to understand enough to know that I'm being taken care of but nothing more than that I, I literally outsourced accounting on day one I think even well pre day one of starting the business like over five years ago wow it's is it five years yeah when did I start 2016 yeah nearly five yeah so it would have been almost exactly five years ago um and then the final question and this is the question we'll end it on is what can you create with your talent so when you've identified these strengths and you've identified these talents what does that mean for you in the business that you want to run in the business you want to grow in the career that you want to have Maybe you're thinking about changing careers. Maybe you're thinking about finding new ways to play to your strengths. So that's where you want to kind of start thinking about like, it's sort of like, what's your future? What does your future look like? What, where do you want to be spending your time? How do you want to be breaking your day up? And what are those activities that you're going to be doing in the day to really be engaged with the work that you're doing? If you work for someone else, maybe it's also about asking them, I, you know, I want to do this project because I want to create this in our business and I'm really good at doing this. And here's my, you know, here's examples of my work, you know. I used to do that all the time in my last um, job before I started my business. I was like, we just used to do, I think I mentioned on the show before, but me and a few mates used to do like our own little side projects because it won, it just for me, it was about like I needed my brain to be thinking strategically. Like I, I needed to be able to see that things were moving and I needed to be able to go, right, okay, what's next? Oh, I'm going to like build this thing and I'm going to plan it out. And I just would feel so much better because I was so much more engaged because I got to exercise that part of my brain. 
So that's what I want to leave you with. What can I create from my talent? That's it from me for this week. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. If you did and you haven't had a chance to yet, please consider leaving a rating or review or both. Uh, You can do that on Apple and there's a few other ones you can do it on. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, Other thing I was going to say is really excited this week to be launching my new membership site. I've kind of played it down a bit because like it's kind of a soft launch. So I'll do it like a proper, you know, start of the, you know, start of the podcast announcement in the next week or so. But if you go to laurenslaboratory.com, I should have something out when this episode goes live. So I'd love to know what you think. There's going to be some really cool courses that you can access for free or very cheap as well as some bigger courses uh, for people who want to do more of a deep dive. And I don't know if the membership um, packages will be available by tomorrow, but I will have like, I'll have a free membership tier, uh, which obviously everyone on the podcast uh, probably will be interested in because it's going to be sort of like all of my content in a little bit more of an organized way. Uh, and you won't have to necessarily rely on emails if you want updates on the show. Uh, and then there's going to be like a paid membership, which at the moment I think will be like $19 a month or something like that. And you'll get a, access to a bunch of course material and pieces of like resources, lessons, pieces of information that are going to help you think like a business scientist in your um, in your role, either as a marketer, innovator, entrepreneur, change maker, really for anyone who wants to improve their business and marketing activities by understanding how science applies there. And then there'll be a top level membership. I haven't decided what that's going to look like exactly yet, but next week, like I said, I'll tell you guys a bit more about that but if you want to check that out in the meantime just go to laurenslaboratory.com all right guys hope you have a fantastic week and until next time remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place finding the right person for the job isn't easy just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations just finished the new sunroom mrs c the best part is i used candy glass for all the windows so you can do this and this doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com local today.